how to pray. Now, I don't know if you realize that's the only thing they ever asked him to teach them. It's quite interesting, isn't it? I'll leave that one with you. That in all the things that they saw Jesus do, and knowing that they actually were a people of prayer, regular prayer was part of their practice, they said, there's something, something different about this Jesus. So teach us how to pray. You see, they saw that Jesus prayed not just in a religious building, but on a mountaintop. They saw that he prayed not just in a religious service, but early in the morning and late at night. They saw him pray not just on his own, but including others. They saw him pray when things were going well for guidance and things were going tough in the Garden of Gethsemane. And so in response to that, he gives them the Lord's prayer to help us know that we can pray about anything and everything. And I think sometimes we've misunderstood the Lord's prayer and we treat it as a formula rather than as a model. Oh, I'll just pray this prayer and that's me ticked for the day, quite sorted. When actually it's the first two words that are incredibly vital and explosive. He says, our Father. So they're like, Jesus, we can see you pray in lots of different ways, in lots of different places. Um, There's nowhere that you don't pray and there's nothing that you don't pray about. So teach us. And he goes, right, this is how you pray. Our Father. He invites us, his disciples, into his life of prayer with the Father. What? This communion between the Trinity. And he says, you're part of this now. You have access to the Father through faith in me. You don't need fancy words. You don't need religious jargon. You can talk to God and listen for God wherever you are. Our Father, it's personal. It comes out of relationship with God. They aren't just words that we tag on to a religious service. It's saying, I'm coming to you, Daddy God, welcomed into your presence. And it's corporate. It's our Father, In community, the church, being the church together, coming together and saying, we are approaching you, God, because you're the only one who can meet the needs that we have. Our Father speaks of intimacy and welcome, of love and care. And the way that Jesus modeled prayer was so simple and so direct. And probably you'll go away from today going, oh, that was quite simple. But maybe we'll just tune into what the Spirit is saying. In the In Matthew 6, verse 7, before Jesus shares about the Lord's Prayer, it says this, The world is full of so-called prayer warriors who are prayer ignorant. They're full of formulas and programs and advice, peddling techniques for getting what you want from God. Don't fall for that nonsense. Now, I sound like my mum. Don't fall for it. It's just nonsense. This is your father you're dealing with. And he knows better than you what you need. I wonder if for some of us today, there's a simplicity to prayer that we need to rediscover and encourage those around us to rediscover. That when people say, I can't pray, you challenge that lie of the enemy. It's your father you're talking to. Um, I have the great privilege of pastoring 
in a church in North Birmingham, Elim Life Church. It's great. I love it. And I will often get people coming into my office and sharing some of their struggles and their challenges. And it's a great privilege to sit with them and listen together to what God has to say into that situation. And nine times out of ten, they'll say to me, Sarah, or if they're trying to be kind, Pastor Sarah, um, would you pray for me? And I go, do you know what? I would love to pray for you. But I tell you what, why don't you pray first? <gasps> oh, no, I can't do that. <laughs> like, what? Oh, no, I, I can't. What, what do you, sorry, what do you mean you can't? Oh, I can't pray out loud. Okay, why can't you pray out loud? Well, I might not get the words right. So why would that stop you praying out loud? Well, what if I don't say it right? And honestly, something within me just wants to go, enemy, how have you so blinded people that they don't even come to their father? When they're in crisis and challenge, they're they're too afraid even to speak words out loud because they're worried about how it will sound. For those of us who have a passion for prayer in the room, we have to carry that around us. Not in a condemning way. Please do not hit anyone over the head with a rolled up copy of the Lord's Prayer. That is not what I'm saying. Be like, that's Sarah. She's doing the prayer movement. She told me. I did not. It's on record somewhere. But just gently challenge. And then maybe help them and say, well, let's pray together. And can I encourage you? For those of you who are experienced in prayer and prayer ministry, when you're with others who are learning how to find the courage to pray, please don't use long words. Please don't use long sentences. Please make it simple and direct. Because as they hear you talk very simply to your father, they'll go, oh, I can do that. <laughs> Is that can do, I can do that. I can't do that, but I can do that. So anytime, anywhere, anything. It is personal and it's between us and the Father. I love some of the kind of ancient spiritual practices and disciplines and and there's a great little book called Practice in the Presence of God by Brother Lawrence and in it he is a very simple monk who worked in a kitchen and wrote some letters to his friends and covered the joy of meeting with God in the mundane. Anybody here have mundane days? Oh, do you know when you just got to like cook the food or answer the phone or do an email or and you think where's this abundance promised (laughs) and in the midst of that Jesus is present and so he cultivated this awareness of God anytime anywhere about anything can I include that that maybe if you drive to work you don't have the radio on but you use that time to practice the presence that as you're putting the kettle on, you can use that time, rather than messing on your phone or, you know, checking something else, to just stop and realize that God is with you, that you practice the presence. Can I encourage you that as you do that, God will give you so many opportunities, Jesus, and so many opportunities to tune into what he's saying. I really believe that God is speaking way more than we're listening way more than we're listening and sometimes like we said I think somebody said at the back about the we try so hard to sort it all out ourselves and father very patiently is going I'm I'm just I'm right here (laughs) and we go through a whole week even those of us who are in pastoral church leadership we can go a week 
We haven't listened or waited or talked to God about anything other than, please, Lord, I need a sermon title. (laughs) Come on, Sunday's coming. Anytime, anywhere. Find out how you best. And then my second point is be, be intentional. Because yes, you can meet with God anytime, anywhere. You can talk to him about anything. There is nothing that God will turn you away. Your deepest, darkest shame and secrets, your grace and celebrations. Father is interested in them all. But if we are not intentional in making time and space to pray, it will slip off our agenda. It will slip off the churches and the enemy will gain ground. Be intentional. Ask yourself this question. Where and when do you feel closest to God in prayer? Have a little thought. Where, when do you feel closest to God in prayer? Because that's the place you need to be making time and space for. And it will be different for all of us. I work with another great pastor called Jonathan Skelton. And um, he'll kind of get cabin fever if he's in the office for too long and he's not seen a few people. Uh, And it'll get to a kind of point in the day and we'll just be like, John, just go for a walk in the park. Because as he walks outside in nature, he feels so close to Father. So close to God. He gains revelation. He runs. He's very fit. He runs and he, he talks to God. I go out in nature and I go... That's a tree. Thanks. Okay. (laughs) But stick me in a room with fairy lights and some worship music. And I could be in the throne room of heaven. Because that's the way I'm wired. So find out how you're wired. And have fun experimenting. Now I'm going on a 26-mile marathon to work out if that's how you meet with God to start off with. But maybe a walk around a local park could do that for you. Or the beach or whatever you're closest to. Maybe for you, beautiful buildings are the way that you connect with. Maybe for you, it is as you're serving, as you're active, you're like, you know, I feel so close to God in this. And so you're praying into what you're doing as you're moving forward. Perhaps for some of you, you love the noise, like me. Oh, is the actions yesterday? I was like, come on. I could see the introverts in the room going, no. (laughs) Because maybe for you, stillness. And solitude and quiet. Best way for you to meet with God. Be intentional about that. Find out what it is and then be really intentional. You need to make it a priority. There will always be something else to do. There will be something else on your to-do list. Another item, another person, another need to sort. Many of us lead very busy lives. There will never be enough time. So you have to make time. And one of the ways that I've found this working out in my life, and I don't know someone who's got all the answers, I'm on a journey too. God's teaching and leading and guiding me. I'm still figuring some of this out. But one of the ways that I found really helpful is to put prayer in my diary. And other stuff is fitted in around that. Because I, I have to even use a big highlighter pen. Do not put anything else in this time. And barring life and death emergencies, genuinely, barring life and death emergencies, that time is me and God. I love to say that every time I've blocked that time out, I've walked into the manifest presence of God and I felt the angels surrounding me and it's been heavenly, but I would be lying to you. 
Because actually, I think there are three things we discover when we're into prayer, and they're really three Ds. And I'd love to say that I figured them out, but I can't remember who it was I heard. That as the disciples devoted themselves to prayer, we see them working out these three things. So the first thing is duty. Sorry, next slide, please, James. I went duty. It's a command of scripture that we pray. Jesus said, when you pray, not if you pray, when you feel like it, when you've got enough time, when all the to-do list is done and the kids are in bed and all your deadlines are finished and you've got enough money in the bank and everything's sorted and it's all fine, pray. No, it says, when you pray. There was an understanding and a command of scripture that we would pray. And so there are times that in our intentionality, in our decision to say, I am going to commit and devote myself to prayer, do it because it's a command of scripture. It has nothing to do with our feelings. And there are times when we pray and it's a duty. And it does not necessarily feel like we're walking on sunshine. Woo! No, it doesn't. It feels a slog. Let's... But God has commanded it. And as we are faithful and obedient to that, something is released in the heavenlies. Something of the power of God. Something of the presence of God. We may not see the fruit of those prayers until we stand before him. If we are not praying, we're not growing. If we're not praying, we're not aligning ourselves with the purposes of God. If we're not praying, we're not playing our part as part of the body of Christ. And then there are times when we have to discipline ourselves to do it. So if you are a jump out of bed at 3 a.m. prayer warrior type, I salute you. I am a roll out of bed after I've pressed the snooze button 14 times. Need three coffees and a bit of granola before I can even say hello to someone kind of a person. <laughs> in fact, when I told our team this morning that we were having early morning prayer and I was going to be up at 6 a.m., they were like, yeah, we're not coming to that. <laughs> I, I, honestly, it's a discipline. I have to make myself do it sometimes. And I am passionate about prayer. I have just taken on the leadership of prayer for Elim, and I'm incredibly privileged to do that. But I am not someone here going, it's so easy for me. I have to discipline myself, and so do we. We will often not feel like it. You know, we have a, a prayer meeting every Tuesday night. And uh, we've got a lovely little space. God has blessed us with a space that is a permanent space that we've called the chapel. I'm from Wales. What else are you going to call it? So we call ours the chapel. And, um, and honestly, it comes to about quarter to seven on a Tuesday night. Whatever I've been doing, I'm like, oh, I feel so tired. And the thought of getting back out of the door and going and leading a prayer meeting and seeing, okay, who's going to turn up? And what God's, what's God going to do? It's a challenge. It's a discipline. But I've made a commitment, as the disciples did, to be devoted to prayer. Of all the things they could be devoted to, and in Acts 2.42, there's a number of things, but prayer is mentioned as one of the four key components of the things that the apostles, the disciples, devoted themselves if you are devoted to something, it's got your attention, your time, your resource, your energy. And then there are those moments when it's just a delight. I love those moments where it just feels so easy. It feels as if your, your prayers are like to heaven. And those are great times too. But we only get to the light as we go through the duty and the discipline. As we're intentional. You know, the disciples, as they were devoted to prayer, moved in miraculous ways as they prayed. From prison breaks, to physical healing, to wonderful salvations. I wonder what stories we will be celebrating this time next year. On, I'm 
you better be going, and I better be going and praying some big prayers for Jesus. I want you to come back and tell me and share with one another as we pray intentionally. Prayer wasn't an optional extra for the very Son of God made prayer a priority, lived a life of prayer, not a prayer life. It's a very big difference. It wasn't an optional extra for the first disciples, and neither is it for us. On a personal devotional life and in our gathered church life, I hear your heart that the prayer meeting is so often the least attended meeting, if there is even a prayer meeting. But if we want to make the most of them, praying with others is massively important. But if there isn't a prayer meeting, that doesn't mean you can't pray with others. Whether in a small group, whether with a couple of friends over coffee, or the mums on the school gates, let's just start the day together. A few seconds, off we go. Our willingness to pray and believe God for what we are asking grows as we pray with one another. We're sharpened in our faith and broadened in the things we pray as we hear the prayers that God has put on the hearts of those around us. You know, we may not use liturgy, but I don't know about you, I often end up praying about the same things. And so when I pray with others and God is calling them to pray about, it sparks something in me and I think, oh, I want to pray about the young people. Oh, I want to pray about human trafficking. Oh, I want to pray about this particular country. There's such joy and grace as we pray together. It gets ignited when we hear the prayers or we hear the thankfulness of what God is doing. Uh, a few weeks ago, we had a week of prayer. A kind of, um, We prayed 7 in the morning till 10 at night. We kind of opened up our prayer chapel. And um, we got in evening. And for some reason, I was like expecting way more than we normally got. And less people turned up for the prayer meeting. And I was like, Lord, what have I done wrong? And as we got to the prayer meeting, heart sunk. I'll be really honest. I was like, God, we're having a week of prayer. And we've got less people at the prayer meeting. And as we were praying, two people came in who had never been to our prayer meeting before. And I was like, okay, doing something. And as they came in, one of them is a relatively new Christian. And she has never prayed out loud before. And she sat there, and I, I can sense her nervousness. There's a lot of veteran prayers in the room who can pray for 25 minutes. Don't do that. If you pray for 25 minutes in a prayer meeting, no one will want to come because they can't get their prayers in. Just saying. Okay. That's a little aside. But she was, I could see her sort of waiting for an opportunity. And there was a bit of silence. And we were just waiting on God. And she just started to pray. And it was faltering. And her words stumbled. And she addressed God in a way that perhaps I wouldn't have. But it was powerful. And I thought, God... Even if this whole week is about igniting a passion for prayer in this one person, it has been worth it. And looked over that week, I realized that people who had signed up to pray, that two-thirds of our church had prayed that week. And so although they hadn't gathered on that moment when I'm expecting them to gather, I realized that as a church, we have prayed more that week than we had done for the six months before. So maybe sometimes we need to alter our expectations and do something a little bit outside of the box. We are to be praying about anything, anytime, anywhere. We're to pray by being intentional. And then finally, my final word before we pray together 
is confidence. We are to pray with confidence. I love these words from Hebrews 4.16. Let us then approach God's throne of grace with, but I know it's warm in here. I'm working hard. Work with me. You're like, I was just coming to sit in this one and you've made me walk around, respond. You're going to make me pray. Let's try again. None of you will come next year. You'll see my name and be like, no, let's not go there. Let us then approach God's throne of Nice. You said it like you were confident. With confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. To make the most of prayer, be assured you can come confidently with boldness. One of the translations says, bravely, whenever we're in need. And we have confidence because of a number of reasons. One, Father, Son, and Spirit are invested as we pray. It's, it's one of those experiences where you realize, hang on a second, the whole Trinity is involved when I pray. I'll talk to you about that in a moment. And then we have confidence because God says that when we come to him, we receive mercy. We find grace helps us in our time of need. We have confidence because we're invited and because he's powerful. We come to the Father in prayer with boldness and confidence. The whole are involved. I love this. That as we come to him, it's relationship between us and the Father, our Father. We're his kids. He loves to hear us come to him with our needs, our intercessions, our thanks, our wonder, our pain. I was just thinking a few weeks ago, we're doing a study on the book of Nehemiah and how Nehemiah wept and fasted and mourned. Where's the place for lamenting in our prayers? Yes, we're on the victory. Yes, Jesus has overcome, but some days are really rubbish. God loves to hear us pour that out. You read through the Psalms, every emotion possible is there. He loves it when we come to him with our celebrations. We can come with confidence that he won't turn us away. He won't be too busy or engaged elsewhere. And we can have confidence because Jesus is involved when we pray right now. At the right hand of the is interceding for us? Jesus. What? Okay, so I'm, I'm coming to the Father. I'm welcomed by the Father. I'm going to receive grace and help and mercy in my time of need. I can come confidently. And as I'm coming, Jesus is also in. Right alongside me. He is standing in the gap with me and for me. Suddenly, I talk a bit stroller and I stand a bit taller when I realize that as I'm engaging with God in prayer, Father is listening is interceding, and so is the Spirit. We do not know what we ought to pray for, Romans 8 tells us, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groans that words cannot express. He who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit because, listen to this, Romans 8, 26, 27, because the Spirit intercedes for the saints in accordance with God's will. Whoa. That is so powerful. If we could grasp Father, Son, and Spirit are invested and involved as we pray, imagine how much more confident we can become. We come with confidence, not in our own strength or in our own ability, but in His. As we pray, God moves. And as we pray, we put ourselves in a position to hear from God and gain revelation that could change the world around us. We have confidence because we find grace strengthens and deepens our relationship with Jesus, but it is also a place of privilege where we can bring others to him. 
And if we are not praying on behalf of others, how will anything change? If we're not praying for healing, if we're not praying for salvation, if we're not praying for transformation, if we're not praying for breakthrough, why are we surprised when we don't see those things happen? And it's because the human part of us goes, oh, I'm going to get a bit embarrassed. What if I pray and nothing happens? What if you pray and nothing happens? What's the worst that could happen? You prayed. You've given it to God. But what if you pray and something happens? <laughs> if we don't pray, then we don't align ourselves with God's will and God's ways. So just take a minute to think about the last time that you prayed and you saw God move. How did that make you feel? I don't know about you. I feel ex- I feel privileged. Oh my goodness, God, you allowed me to be part of that. I want a bit more of that, please. Recognizing that there are times when God doesn't answer in the way that we want, hope for. But that doesn't mean that we stop praying. That means that we trust that Father knows what he's doing. And his ways are not our ways. And his thoughts are not our thoughts. And there's a great book by a guy called Pete Gray, God on Mute. It's one of the best books on prayer I've read. And in it, he talks about starting this incredible global 24-7 prayer movement. And at the same time, seeing his wife's serious illness go unanswered in prayer. And tension of God answering this, but not this. But still choosing to trust and still choosing to pray. So, are we ready to pray today? The ABC. Anything, anytime, anywhere. Well, we're anywhere. It's any time we can pray about anything. We're being intentional. These last 10, 15 minutes, we're going to give to God. If you need to leave, then please feel free to do that. And we're going to come confidently. So let's stand together. We're going to lead in as we sing together in worship, and then we're going to pray together.